It is time for us to begin our midday program here on KRVN. Scott Foster here with you on a very wet Tuesday here in central Nebraska. And uh, we've got a big show coming for you in the next couple hours as uh, Clay Patton is in here along with Jason Jorgensen and Bob Brogan. And Clay just about had to put pontoons on to pick up to get here. but yeah. uh, he Floaties for sure. Yeah, for sure. I bet you look good in floaties. Yeah, so exactly. I can't swim, so it was, a, it was definitely a life jacket... Uh, pull pull the cord to uh, inflate type of morning. Well, that's okay. I always figure I don't really know how to swim either. I just try to stay in water that's, uh, you know, not taller than me. Exactly. So long as I touch bottom, we're good. That's right. That's uh, good. So well, glad you're here. What do you got for us today? Well, at 1219, we're talking with Susan Littlefield, soybean and pastures. You're learning more about thistle caterpillars and soybeans, along with old world blue stem moving into pastures, and this all coming from K-State. So Thistle cattle, caterpillars, that sounds horrifying. That's what the description is telling me. Okay. I, uh, okay. I can't, can't go any further past that. Then at 1245, it's Alex Wojcicki. She's talking NCBA Young Cattlemen's Conference, and Reese Brew is our guest. This is one of the Nebraska beef leaders that took part in NCBA's 2019 Young Cattlemen's Conference, or YCC. He's talking about the details of the trips and the message that he shared about Nebraska beef. We circle around to 117 and join Bryce Duskett, who's talking with Will Keach, Director of Livestock Development with AFAN, who's joining to uh, discuss about upcoming Northeast Nebraska Swine Summit in Norfolk, coming up here quick. Okay. All right. That sounds fun. Let's uh, turn it over to Jason Jorgensen now. And uh, Huskers pull in another big recruit, Jason. Yeah, they have. Uh, Will Nixon is his name. He's a running back slash receiver. He could potentially play that duck position mm-hmm. in the Husker offense. But uh, Nebraska was able to uh, recruit him. His dad actually is the offensive coordinator at Baylor. And, of course, Baylor wanted him to be a bear. But Nixon turns down his dad. Mm-hmm. Come to Now, my friends always laugh at me for saying this when it comes to recruiting news. It's just a verbal commitment. It's a long way from now until December, no, especially when there's a recruiter, active recruiter in that living room every day, <laughs> every night. Yes. But uh, it sounds like Will Nixon would be a nice part for the Husker offense, part of the 2020 class, if he does indeed actually make it to Lincoln. Yeah, it's there. it is a bit of a distance between the two. We've seen that happen before. Yeah. Uh, also, Big Ten Media Days are set for next week in Chicago. That seems not even possible, but the Huskers have announced that Mohamed Berry, Khalil Davis, and star quarterback Adrian Martinez will represent the Huskers at that event. And, of course, we will have coverage of that for you next week along the Rural Radio Network. I believe uh, you are representing KRVN at yes, that event, I, aren't you? Yes, you are. I, it's a tough, it's a a rough. tough gig, but yeah. I, you know, there's, there's no I and Jason. I'm a team player. <laughs> What? Okay, I'm not even going to. All right, very good. Uh, thank you very much, Jason. Let's turn it over to a very busy Bob Brogan today. How are you doing today? You there's staying not, above water? Well, Bob? there's really not enough to do right now, no. and I'm just kind of wondering if maybe something will come along to help me out on that. But uh, stocks, in the meantime, mostly lower on Wall Street. Uh, the market extends a bout of weakness into a third day. Industrial companies and consumer product makers were broadly lower today. And also, job openings posted by U.S. employers slipped seven-tenths of a percent in May, while hires that month tumbled tumbled 4.4 percent, in a sign that the job market may be cooling slightly. And a survey by the Associated Press says that Americans are generally satisfied with their personal finances, uh, but many lack confidence in their ability to afford retirement. Uh, 
So that's some of the news. All right, very good. Well, that's all coming up on Midday. Fontanel has been eighteen years in providing the solutions you need and the relationships you trust, because that's the standard of quality you expect every season. From personal customer relationships to localized solutions to innovative technology, we're with you every step of the way to help maximize your seed opportunity. Contact your local Fontanel Hybrids dealer or go to Fontanel.com to learn more. Always read and follow IRM, grain marketing, and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. This is what matters. This is beyond X's and O's. This is the difference mutual respect makes. This is what character looks like. This is what defines us in Nebraska. This is sportsmanship. School sports. It's not the outcome that matters most, but the way the games are played. This message presented by the Nebraska School Activities Association and the Nebraska State Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Over the past 18 years, KRVN, The River, and Cami have given away some pretty incredible vehicles, and this year will be no exception. We're also honoring our Nebraska Strong this summer, so follow us to special Nebraska events, fairs, festivals, and concerts all summer long, and register for your chance to win a brand new 2018 Ram 4x4 pickup. This metallic black truck has a custom Dodge bulge hood. Being Nebraska Strong, we would like to encourage you to continue with relief efforts to our friends, neighbors, and family across the state by making donations through the Nebraska Bankers Association. Helping us bring the Ram to your town is Nebraska Land, Kansas Land, Colorado Land Tire Group, Lexington Regional Health Center, and Cornerstone Bank member FDIC. With 42 locations serving Nebraska. Head over to the Fun and Games page at krvn.com to find out when the Ram will be in your area. Register and you could be bringing it home. The following takes place in an office at Bruce Furniture. <laughs> hey, Dad. Hey, Merrick. I was just analyzing our numbers here. Looks like we sold a lot of flooring in 2018. Well... Like, a lot. That's right. But we're Bruce Furniture, not Bruce Flooring. But we've always believed that the flooring really ties the room together. Hmm. That's why we added and flooring to our name. I guess old carpet or ugly floors really does ruin the look of great furniture. Exactly. Well, according to these numbers, folks really love buying their flooring from us. Yeah, we offer free in-home measurement, free design consultation, free upfront estimates, and we offer professional installation from hardwood to tile to shag carpet. Groovy. Nobody does flooring better or easier than we do. At Bruce Flooring. Well. And furniture. We'll just stick with Bruce Furniture and Flooring. Okay. Come see Bruce Furniture and Flooring. You're listening to Midday with Scott Foster here on KRVN. Time for us to take a look at our weather and how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world. And uh, Paul Perkins in here now on a very wet Tuesday, and we're keeping an eye on things in uh, the Kearney area right now. Just uh, lots of stuff going on. Yeah, uh, rather alarming because uh, 11th Street, the 2nd Avenue from 11th Street all the way to the interstate is now closed, and I've seen some video. 11th Street and 2nd Avenue is underwater, and they are now directing traffic until it can get it completely closed, but uh, 11th Street... And 2nd Avenue is just north of the Orshland store, northeast of the Orshland store, in case people are kind of unfamiliar. The Carney 2nd Lecker. Avenue is what comes into town, exactly. right? Exactly. That's, that dra- yep, that's that main drag into town from Carney. But yeah, 11th Street, 
Second Avenue ways. from 11th Street all the way to the interstate is now closed. So all of those streets, all of those restaurants in the South Barter County, uh, probably dealing with some water issues there. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, that we've seen the pictures also of the flooding towards right by the interstate. Well, all the motels down there and uh, some of the restaurants, including Cunningham's by the lake, uh, pretty much underwater. Uh, quite a bit there, mm. or at least experiencing very high water conditions there, and they're evacuating people from the motels. We, you know, we talked yesterday when we were on the air at this time. We said well, there's a lot of moisture out there uh-huh. because it was the dew points were high all over the place and stuff like that. No idea how much moisture there was. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. Of course, uh, we've seen rainfall amounts of 10 inches near the Eustis area, nine inches near the Loomis area, and up to about. A little over eight inches of rain towards the Hildreth area. So a lot of this activity to the south of the interstate, people experiencing uh, quite a few of um, uh, the highest rainfall totals uh, from this storm. And once again, Highway 30 still remains closed, it looks like here, from Kearney all the way to the, um, yeah, all the way from Kearney to Elm Creek, Highway 30 remains closed. Also, several other roads uh, experiencing some funny conditions. You can't get to the interstate from Odessa. But uh, uh, definitely a tricky situation. When you see water, turn around and don't drown. Even if the road isn't closed, which it's not between Elm Creek and Lexington, there's lots of places where there's water over the road. Exactly. So you need to take extra caution. Flood warning remains in effect through this afternoon for much of south-central Nebraska, western Franklin County, the counties of Phelps, Kearney, Buffalo, Gosper, also southeast Sherman, all of Dawson, Furnace, and Harley County, some of the highest rainfall amounts towards Elm Creek, Odessa, Riverdale, and west of Johnson Lake. We had earlier reports of water going over the bridge north of Riverdale, which is northwest of Kearney. Once again, Highway 30 remains closed. Many roads uh, experiencing some flooding issues, so extensive flooding of mainly rural roads, small creeks and streams will continue well into the afternoon. On top of this flood warning, we also now have a flash flood watch that goes into effect from 10 this evening through tomorrow morning for Many areas in south-central Nebraska, this does include the counties of Adams, Buffalo, Dawson, Franklin, Furnace, Gosper, Harlan, Kearney, and Phelps County. You're in a flash flood watch and from 10 this evening through tomorrow morning, expecting additional rainfall of a half inch to an inch, but there could be some localized one to two inch amounts. The rain tonight, luckily much less and won't last as long, but with the current flooding and saturated ground, any additional rain could cause additional flooding. Right now across the area, otherwise for weather, we do have temperatures mainly in the mid to upper 70s. Uh, actually pretty nice day across the area. The dew point's not as high, but still up there in the mid to upper 60s. Sunshine for today. Our temperatures expected to be seasonal just ahead of another cold front. The thunderstorms will be possible tonight with the passage of this cold front. Some of the storms could be severe. Looks like the biggest severe threat over north-central and northwest Nebraska, where the Storm Prediction Center does have a slight risk of some severe weather for tonight. Otherwise, we could see some small hail across the area. Once again, the main problem in south-central Nebraska is where we could see that extra rain that could aggravate the flooding situation. Tomorrow will be dry and slightly cooler in behind that front. Seasonal to slightly warmer than normal temperatures and mainly dry weather will take hold for Thursday through Monday with the ridge of high pressure building onto the plains. That ridge will weaken over the weekend some and allow some slight chances for thunderstorms. In our long-term forecast, chances very likely for warmer than normal temperatures for Sunday 
through July 22nd for Nebraska and Kansas. Usually we don't look forward to seeing these dry and warm conditions, but this time around it's going to be the case. Below normal rainfall expected for Nebraska and Kansas Sunday through the 22nd. So above normal temperatures and below normal rainfall Sunday through the 22nd. Key weather factors in the market include seasonally warm weather in the midwest and watching tropical energy on the gulf coast low pressure right now over the southeast u.s actually going to drift to the southwest towards the northern gulf of mexico once it's over water that will strengthen and may become a tropical storm torrential rains of two to eight inches or more will affect portions of the gulf coast the next five days a slow moving cold front crossing the plains of midwest right now will help to focus thunderstorms which will be the heaviest across the north-central U.S. and later in the week in the northeast. In the Midwest, seasonably warm weather the next week to 10 days will be favorable to crops, but sustained heat and dryness may stress the crops with less than adequate roots. Northern Plains crop weather remains beneficial for crops with continuing periods of moderate to heavy rain. For the Southern Plains wheat harvest, drier and warmer weather this week will be more favorable. Crop areas in France were notably affected by the recent very hot and dry weather. The next 10 days, mainly warmer than normal on the temperatures with below normal rainfall. All right, very good. You know, we talked a lot about Kearney. A lot of flooding here in Lexington, too. And a reminder that the American Red Cross has opened up a shelter at the Lexington Senior High. For those who need it, meals will be provided. You just kind of got to show up to the west side and sign in. And a lot of folks in Lexington, especially along Erie Street, have been inundated with water. So. Yeah, and we and KRVN Lake, um, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people that have been here in KRVN a long time have not ever seen water as much as we've got just to the west of the station here. Check out our Facebook pages, and uh, you will see some great photos. Lots of people have been adding to those, a lot of pictures that we've seen, too. So it's it's. It's really kind of staggering. To yeah, be man, a lot of rain last night. A lot of areas seeing 5 to 7 inches. And of course, those 8 to 10 inch amounts from Eustis all the way over to Hildreth. Crazy. All right, very good. Well, we'll keep you updated on all of this. Paul, where do you go to check in on your weather? KRVN.com. Well, weather, in fact, is what we do. And uh, we're going to talk about that right now, about the weather that uh, came through last night and uh, sort of formed in a lot of ways over Dawson County and then went to the east and hit Kearney pretty hard. Tra- uh, Tyler Cavalli in here with us now. And, uh, Tyler, you were coming from Kearney. I guess maybe let's start with uh, what you saw. And I know you talked to an officer and stuff about that. Yeah, I came through uh, about an hour and a half ago, and when you first got on to the interstate going the westbound lanes, Mm -hmm. just past the very first overpass, the water's so high, there's a couple little lakes there, and it was starting to run over the driving lane of I-80. of I Now, Nebraska State Patrol and the Department of Roads, they were over there. They had it closed off, I would say, for only maybe about 100 or 200 yards, uh, just directing traffic into the passing lane. But, of course, something that they had to do, if someone misses that, or doesn't quite see it, you know, you can easily hydroplane or, you know, just, you know, it could be a, a huge mess. So a little bit of running water over the interstate. Again, that was an hour and a half ago. I would assume that is still happening right now because now we're seeing more and more flooding in the Kearney area. We're looking at the uh, Viero Tower, and more flooding is now kind of taking over uh, the New Cunningham's area. Just got word uh, from the Kearney Police Department that they are now evacuating the hotels in the Kearney area, kind of by Cunningham's on the lake, as soon as you come off the interstate on the south side there. Uh, You can see as we're looking here, I know you can't see, but the listeners will try to explain to them. Looking here at the video, 
some of the water is up to the doors or up to the hoods of cars that were there at the uh, either restaurants or the hotels there at the Eunice Center. But uh, again, they are now evacuating the um, hotel guests. And according to the Kearney Police Department, they are transporting them by bus to the Salvation Army. And uh, they're, they're starting to reroute traffic there as well. So it, there's a lot going on. Well, and, and, and as you mentioned, Car- Cunningham's by the lake, that relatively new area in there. And I'm looking at it looks like there's maybe some rescue vehicles out there that are maybe swamped yeah. and didn't get out in time because they're underwater. That whole area, that whole big parking lot there is completely submerged right now. And so... Uh, we can't tell from this, but it could be difficult even to get into Kearney right now off the interstate. Yeah, if you must get into Kearney, then I would say take that second exit yes. that's on the east side. And I think you should be okay, depending which uh, ter- you know direction you may go from there. But it, I, even from that main um, interstate, when you get off there at Kearney, I believe they're rerouting traffic around there. So I don't even know if you can get in at this point from the main entrance there at Kearney. Looking here at the Kearney Police Department, they are rerouting traffic around that area. Again, mm-hmm. it seems to be kind of getting worse yeah. uh, in that direct, uh, general direction on the south side of Kearney. Well, that water has to go somewhere, and we have a whole lot of it, and uh, so it's 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 heading in that direction, mm-hmm. and uh, the lakes are obviously out of their banks down there, too. Okay, so... Tell me as you went uh, as you went towards the station here. You got to Odessa and you saw all the water sitting around Odessa. And, and so, what happened? There? Yeah, Odessa was kind of uh, eye popping. Honestly, I got off the interstate there, and they had the uh, the state patrol and the Buffalo County Sheriff's Office. They had it barricaded off from that. Um, there's the gas station there mm-hmm. on the north side, yep. and you cannot go any further. You can't even get to the gas station because the water is running over. It's kind of washing off some of the side roads. So they obviously want you to be safe. Don't go around any of the barricades, obviously, talking to some of the state troopers. They've had to do some rescues last night and tonight because of driving around barricades or driving into flooded waters. So obviously there's that old adage, uh, don't drown, turn around. Mm -hmm. But at the Odessa um, interchange there, where it is closed, if you're going northbound, the truck stop and the trucks there sitting there that were stranded there's water all the way up to the the midway through their doors oh i mean it, it's just they're stranded there and that they can't go anywhere at this moment so it's gonna be interesting there and we actually just got word now as we keep going further west if you will from where we had all the rain last night and uh, that the American Red Cross has now opened a shelter at Lexington Senior High School. For those who need it, meals will be provided. It will be opened indefinitely. Many basement apartments along the Erie Street area in Lexington are inundated with water, and those home people, those homes uh, for people have had to move out because of flooding. So again, the American Red Cross has opened a shelter at the Lexington Senior High School for those who need it. Well, I talked to uh, Sheriff Ken Moody a little bit earlier this morning and asked him how much rain did we get. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of people's rain gauges were full. And uh, so there were some guesses. A lot of people are talking about an upwards of nine mm-hmm. inches. And uh, that's a lot of rain. And it came in two waves. It came down very hard. If you live on a country road, uh, good chance there's going to be water over it. So be smart. And officer, talk to you a little bit about... Uh, you know what's what's happening to these roads with all this water sitting around that it's they're being undercut right well they are and they're being washed out and if you go to our KRVN Facebook page Twitter whatever it may be there's a video of 
proof of what's actually happening because of so much rain and all the flooding washing off one of the roads there. That's what I was talking about um, at the Odessa interchange, kind of cutting it off, that it's basically going to be impassable if you're northbound here for probably uh, the next couple of days unless they can get that fixed fairly quick, but it doesn't look like it. Uh, but again, we've seen other pictures of the roads being washed out quickly. And there was one picture last night of this pickup in, in I think it was rural Dawson County, it was around here somewhere, uh, where it basically just drove right into the, the, the road and kind of just got disappeared. Half of mm. it just disappeared because the road just got washed out so quick. And you have to think how much precipitation we had at the end of last week and now this week. I mean, it's, it's wet. It's damp. So Man, this has been a year, hasn't it? A lot of flooding lately here in this area. Just, so. just tons of stuff going on. And, and when you look at... You know, we go back to March 13th. You know, June 9th is going to be another one of these days that uh, we remember about this year. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people, a lot of cleanup going on. I know now Gothenburg was spared in a lot of ways, about two inches of rain in Gothenburg. But as I was coming this way, it was much worse. And Kozad, who uh, always is, their basements always struggle in Kozad. It's it's a very low-lying town, and there was a lot of water around H&H, around the airport here in the airport in Lexington. So be careful because there's still a lot of water out there. And like the state trooper told me earlier, he said, do not try to drive down any flooded roads, whether it is a paved road, or obviously a county road. Uh, don't try to drown or don't try to drive through it because you may drown or you may get stranded and then put them into a situation where they have to come rescue you. Just stay put where you're at. I mean, heck, we have a couple of uh, co-workers here that uh, they are staying put right now mm -hmm. because of the same reason. So it's not worth trying to drive around it. Don't drive around barricades. They're there for a reason. We even have a little moat around the we station do. here. Yeah, I was. I've been. I have been talking about getting a moat for a long time. <laughs> I'm glad to see that uh, administration is finally listening to me. The good thing about it, when I talked to the state trooper, and things could have changed in an hour and a half, I asked him if there's been any significant injuries or any. Um, any deaths and he said nothing really he said we, they've had some rescues last night and this morning and again things could have changed in the last 90 minutes but he said for the most part people are obeying kind of the the general rules of staying off the roads they've had some rescues but he said no one has been injured so far so that's the good news to this point but again if you are in the lexington area you've been affected by the flooding there is now an open house or excuse me there uh, is a shelter uh, that the american red cross is putting on at the lexington senior high school all right, very good. Thank you for that information. So if you need it, go out and uh, and use that. There was an injury accident in the Kozad area earlier uh, this morning, so please be careful. Uh, hydroplaning is a really, really bad thing. Thank you, Tyler. Appreciate it. We'll keep you updated as the day goes on. Come. Scott Foster back here with you. Uh, we've added a couple people to our uh, uh, roundtable here, our, our town hall discussion. It, and uh, now I know, Lana, you have been in here, but you drove in this morning from Cozad. What are some of the things that you saw? Well, I didn't think it was too bad on Highway 30 between Cozad and Lexington. But then when I got into Lexington, um, I take that turn by the crossing and mm -hmm. go over the tracks, kind of come in through the backside at KRVN. Um, my normal route was disrupted by a whole lot of water. Yeah. And I... I kind of thought about, okay, maybe I'll go a little ways, and then I kind of got into the water, and then I looked ahead, and there were cars that were, two, by the way, that were stuck there with their hazard lights on, and I thought, you know what, this is not a good decision. Mm. So I went ahead and just stopped for a minute. Well, two cars behind me plowed around me, then they plowed around the people ahead of them, and the water was right at the top of your tires. Mm. I mean, it was not a good decision to go that way. I just kind of 
backed up and mm-hmm. went on a side road that was dry and got here pretty easily then after that. But Be yeah, smart, it was yeah. it was kind of a touch and go there for a minute. I didn't know if I'd need to swim to work. Right. Well, it's it's been it's been crazy and Clay's in here and Clay you live on the western part of Lexington, and you were kind of surrounded, weren't you? Exactly. I live on western rural Lexington, and all three roads leading to Lex, water running over them. There's three different routes that you can take, uh, and all three of them currently water jammed. But uh, finally, making the cautious decision and checking ahead to make sure the roadbed was still there, because these are dirt roads. Yeah. Roadbed is still in place, but... Uh, that's You've the got thing. to wonder, and especially even the blacktops the, with the if they're getting undercut and stuff like that. So 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 be careful out there. Lots and lots of water. We're looking at a video from Carney again, and it uh, it looks like San Francisco Bay right now. So it is a mess. So we'll keep you updated as we go along. Thanks, folks. Tyler got a chance to talk to Buffalo County Emergency Manager Darren Lewis about the current flooding taking place in Buffalo County and Carney specifically. It's about a three-minute interview. We're going to have that coming up to you next after this. Darren, we understand there's a lot of flooding and uh, stuff going on in Kearney right now. Tell us right now what exactly is happening in Kearney and uh, what the public should be aware of. Uh, we're doing uh, evacuations in the south part of Kearney for those people who can evacuate. Um, if they're unable to evacuate on their own right now but can safely shelter in place at a higher uh, level uh, on in a building, a home, or business, we're encouraging that. If uh, they need assistance to evacuate or, or be rescued, we, uh, we're telling them to make sure that they call 911 so that we can get to them. There's a lot of, of water is still rising. Uh, our hotels are... are uh, complexes are underwater and our streets are starting to fill up we've evacuated two uh, trailer courts today in the Kearney area our concern also is not only the Kearney area but it's going to be our Gibbon and Shelton areas as well and everybody along that area we've actually done a high-speed notification uh, to the citizens along uh, the interstate and the south part of Kearney uh, telling them just what I told you so is it safe to say that more water is coming to the Kearney area? I know that you mentioned, obviously, this is still going east, but is Kearney out of danger yet? Um, no, Kearney is not out of danger yet. So we're still watching it pretty closely. Um, and uh, as we're hoping that as fast as it's rising, that it will go down pretty quick as well. But we've talked to the National Weather Service. And they're, they're expecting this to be a 18-hour event as it rolls through Buffalo County. Do I understand, too, there's some closings uh, in South Kearney? Are you trying to keep people away from that area? We are. We, we want them to stay out of the area. We're using ride buses as well to, uh, to evacuate and get people to shelters. Uh, we've closed as many roads as we can, uh, basically for the people's own safety. Uh, we want them to not drive through flooded areas, uh, not go around barricades. Uh, they're there for those those people's safety and we need uh, we need them to abide by that uh, our motto of course is turn around don't drown and uh, we've done a lot an awful lot of uh, vehicle rescue and home rescues already today and in, in early this morning if you had to guess maybe just from this morning from the hotel area and all the evacuations and rescues you've had how many people do you think you have rescued 
I'm a little disconnected from the rescue effort right now, being in the emergency operations center, not being at the incident scene. So it's it's really hard to tell. I would easily say we've done we've rescued 50, 60, maybe 70 people thus far, maybe even more. Okay, all right, Darren. Quickly, is there anything else you want to pass along? Uh, stay safe out there. If they if they're in the the flooded area, uh, if they can go somewhere uh, out the the low-lying areas uh, we encourage that that's tyler cavalli with darren lewis who is uh, from buffalo county talking to us the emergency manager in buffalo county talking to us about what's going on in Kearney, still high waters in lexington a reminder that the american red cross has opened a shelter in the lexington senior high for uh, those who need it meals will be provided and it will be open indefinitely. Dawson County Emergency Management Director Brian Wolt says that uh, those who need the shelter simply show up on the west entrance of the high school and get signed in. Time for us to take a look at sports on a day when we talk about flooding and bad things. It's nice to talk about sports once in a while and think about something different. Jason Jorgensen in here uh, with us, and a uh, good recruit for Huskers as the band keeps on playing there. Yeah, just a little bit. Another prospect gave his verbal commitment to head coach Scott Frost yesterday. Waco, Texas receiver Will Nixon announced he intends to sign with the Huskers in December. He is the eighth known commitment for the class of 2020. It's Nebraska's fifth verbal pledge, pledge over the last couple of weeks. Michael Brunts of 24-7 Sports says this came together quickly. Getting a guy that's that, you know, this versatile uh, is really important to, to being able to do that. You know, this is a, you know, a pretty quick recruitment uh, for William Nixon. A guy that, you know, the, the other thing that I like about him, he's a coach's kid. His dad's the offensive coordinator at Baylor, a uh, longtime NFL coach. Brunts was a guest on Sports Nightly on the Husker Sports Network last night. Now the three-star Nixon chose Nebraska over his other finalists, that being Baylor, Purdue, Georgia Tech, and Notre Dame. He also had scholarship offers from at least 10 other schools. Seems hard to believe, but Big Ten football media days are set for next week in Chicago. Nebraska has announced that Mohamed Berry, Khalil Davis, and star quarterback Adrian Martinez will represent the Huskers at the annual event. Serena Williams has was pushed to three sets on center court before beating fellow American Allison Risky to reach her 12th Wimbledon semifinal. Williams is seeking an 8th Wimbledon title and 24th Grand Slam victory overall while Risky was playing in her first quarterfinal at a major tournament. Also, a Simona Halep was able to reach the Wimbledon semifinals as well. There will be a number of new faces on the field for tonight's All-Star game in Cleveland. Get this, there are 36 first-time All-Stars on the two teams. They include the Mets' Jeff McNeil, who leads the majors with a 349 average, and Atlanta's Ronald Acuna Jr., the 21-year-old who was last year's National League Rookie of the Year. American League newcomers include Chicago White Sox right-hander Lucas Giolito and the Royals' Whit Merrifield. He will be there making his first cool. All-Star appearance. And Greg Hansen has resigned as a head women's soccer coach at Concordia University. He'd been the head coach in Seward the last six years. Today he was introduced as the new head women's soccer coach at Division II Ferris State in Michigan. So that is a look at sports on a busy day, but certainly sports takes a uh, backseat today to all of the flooding that's going on across the region. It certainly does. We hope everybody's uh, hanging in there. Thank you so much, Jason.
Time for us on this uh, very busy day to take a look at news and see what's going on out there. Bob Brogan is in here with us, and uh, I know you've been very busy. So much going on from the deluge of rain that happened last night. It has been something of a downpour of news and information uh, on top of the rainfall. An overnight downpour has caused large problems for communities in south-central Nebraska. Firefighters and other first responders today rescued motorists and residents stranded by floodwater, and uh, many rural roads are impassable. Law enforcement officials are urging motorists who encounter water over the road to turn around, don't drown. Highway 30 between Elm Creek and Kearney is closed due to water over the road. Also between Avenue N and Northeast 40 and uh, Nebraska 40, West 78th Street in Kearney. That road is closed. I-80 exit 272 is also closed. At a truck plaza at the I-80 Odessa interchange, the Rural Radio Network's Tyler Cavalli saw a large amount of water, and he talked with State Trooper Matt Moss, who was concerned about motorists ignoring sound advice about not driving through flooded areas. Just people driving around the barricades and not observing. These roads are starting to collapse and crumble underneath them. And even though it looks like you can drive through, don't. Because the water is now running underneath the roadway, which is going to create collapsing issues throughout the day today if this keeps up. How much rain have you guys seen from kind of all over? I think in this area they saw about 9 to 10 inches of rain. Uh, and this seems to be the worst stretch from Odessa to Kearney. It just seemed to sit here last night, rain and rain and rain. Um, to the north, I know they had three or four inches. Kennesaw area had three or four inches. So it's this is the most localized right now that we have. State Trooper Matt Moss. The Dawson County Sheriff's Office and rescue personnel responded at approximately 6.47 a.m. to a vehicle rollover south of Cozad on Highway 21 where a vehicle went into the water-filled ditch. A woman believed to be the driver was initially transported to Cozad Community Hospital with what were considered to be serious injuries and then taken to CHI Health Good Samaritan in Cardi. Another occupant was also transported to the Cozad Hospital, but her injuries did not appear to be serious. Dawson County Sheriff Ken Moody says the vehicle apparently hydroplaned on water and rolled into the ditch. The names of the injured are not available at this time. Meanwhile, the American Red Cross has opened a shelter at Lexington Senior High School for those who need it, according to Dawson County Emergency Management Director Brian Walt. He says those who need shelter should simply show up at the west entrance to the high school and get signed in. If people need a place to stay sometime today, uh, they can come check in and plan on having meals and drinks and everything provided. It will be at the Lexington High School and open indefinitely at this point in time. Walt says many basement apartments in the Erie Street area, which is in northwest Lexington, are inundated with water, and there are homes people have had to move out of because of flooding. Walt says they can handle quite a few people at the high school, and if necessary, they will open a second shelter. A judge has ruled against the Coalition for Ethical Petroleum Marketing and several individuals who sued the owner of six convenience stores along Interstate 80 in Nebraska, saying the stores posted misleading signs about gas prices. A judge said in his ruling, filed Monday in Lancaster County District Court, that the complainants had failed to show Wilkinson Development Incorporated intended to, intended to deceive customers 
and that its practices were misleading or deceptive under Nebraska law. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob Brogan. Nebraska cattlemen recently sent three participants to NCBA's Young Cattlemen Conference on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Alex Wojcicki, joined over the phone by one of those participants, Reese Bruning. Reese, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So you participated in 10 days of leadership training and a three-day city tour. Kind of give us the rundown of what you guys did. Yeah, it was a great experience to get uh, selected for this uh, trip, the Young Cattlemen's uh, uh, Council for NCBA. Uh, we started off today in uh or the or trip rather in denver and uh went through the uh cattle facts uh, team beef checkoff the ncba uh crew there in denver and they gave us the the fill us in on what all they do and we, we got to see the neat things that the beef checkoff does with their dollars and the really awesome team that that fights for us every day and, and researches and, and has their best interests in mind uh well after the the denver uh, office tours and the leadership training uh, we went to up uh, north to Greeley to the Five Rivers Feedlot and the JBS Packing Plant and uh, got a visit with the executive team there at JBS and had a really good conversation with their most of the the big dogs in their office as well as uh, one of their attorneys was there visiting with us also. And uh, we discussed uh, in depth about uh, alternative proteins and uh, some other things that were on, on our uh, radar at the time. After that, we came back and did another uh, office day Safeway executive teams from Denver. We went to Chicago and met with the Tyson executive team and went to McDonald's headquarters where we all got to make our own uh, fresh burgers in their test kitchen. It was pretty neat. We found out we don't have what it takes to uh, keep up with the required pace to get it out on time. Each place uh, there took a lot of time to engage with our groups in question and answer style format at the end of the tours and and usually they had they had some some provoking ideas to to get the conversation started. And we we had a lot of things on our mind also that we wanted to discuss challenges in the industry and and how how their view of sustainability is not always the same as our view of sustainability. And we have to remind them that we're we're the operations that set the standards for it, and we're the first ones to benchmark it. And so from there, you guys headed out to Washington D.C. What all did the group do while you guys were in D.C.? We got uh, preps for issues that are are being discussed on the Hill and NCBA's top priorities, such as uh, uh, trade obviously being the most important, and then uh, labeling requirements for uh, potential alternative protein sources coming out soon. And uh, got prepared to uh, to go into our meetings and all, all of us got to meet with our state representatives and have uh, in-depth discussions about our concerns and, and policy and, and things to make sure that we're all on the same page. So as you were representing Nebraska's beef producers, what sort of things were you advocating for? Well, from our standpoint, it was just hammering home the importance of trade and how we need to get the USMCA through and finalized just, just to get just to breathe a sigh of relief and just have have our, our neighbors on both the north and south just have those, those markets available without any without any tariffs or potential tariffs. Talk about your background um, in livestock production and what this trip meant to you in terms of that. Sure. Well, I grew up on a, as a technically a fourth generation family operation, uh, raised 
kind of diversified cattle work, both uh, seed stock, uh, commercial cow calf, and we also have a small feedlot. And uh, to meet with all these people from different scales of operation, different sectors of the industry, it really broadened everybody's intellectual horizons. And just we got to learn about each person's struggles and problems, like out in western U.S. with uh, government land, and then southeast with with so many different other things, just dense populations. And it was really neat to have all the all the different views and and struggles come on come together on one place and be discussed and, and try to be solved. You mentioned earlier in our conversation that you spent some time with um, the beef checkoff. So I'm curious what sorts of things they're working on right now that you were able to see. The beef checkoff was a really neat presentation to see all the all the cool things they're working on and have worked on, like the the Chuck Ask Chuck in home app. You ask it all sorts of beef questions and it'll help tell you how to cook and what not to do and what to do with beef. And with the checkoff, it's people complain when they see that they're spending dollars for advertisement that beef producers see, but then it's also people have problems when they don't see what they're doing and they're doing a lot that we're not seeing and they have an entire digital situation room, I call it. That's, uh, it tracks everything on the internet when people say beef and if it's in a good good term or a bad term and then they, if it gets to be a situation that that uh, escalates and it's getting a lot of traffic, they can uh, get their team together of beef advocates and, and jump on the situation and try to try to see what the issue is. Reese, as we round out this conversation, is there anything else that you wanted to add about the trip? Well, we, we all tried to go meet with uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and uh, I tried to set up a, a meeting ahead of time through, through requesting it on the government website, but uh, we all stopped by there, her office anyways and tried to meet in and just have a good conversation with her. And she wasn't able to meet with us. Of course, she's busy, but we, uh, we all left uh, packages of beef jerky in her office for her to enjoy. One one final question for you. Um, people who are listening who might be interested in applying for this next year, how do they do that? Well, you have to, you have to be a show interest to your, your local uh, affiliate, the Nebraska Cattlemen, and uh, at the state level also. And, and it's a, kind of a selection process. Let them know you're interested because it's a, it's a worthwhile trip. Ten days sounds like a long time to be gone, but it was worth every minute. And uh, I wish it could be ten days more because there was so much information packed in every day. Good information. Thanks so much for joining us. That was Reese Bruning. He was one of three Nebraska beef leaders to take part in NCBA's 2019 Young Cattlemen's Conference. Broadcasting from the Nebraska Soybean Board News Desk, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff, you're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Rice News Kid on the Rural Radio Network, and today we're joined with Will Keach. He's the Director of Livestock Development with the Alliance for the Future of Agriculture, better known as AFAN across the state of Nebraska. And today, Will, you and I are going to be talking about the Northeast Nebraska Swine Summit. It's an event coming up on July 17th from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. We said it's in Northeast Nebraska, but Will, where is this event specifically held at? So the Swine Summit is going to be at Northeast Community College on uh, the Lifelong Learning Center there on campus. What can folks expect uh, to, to be some of the end results of attending the Northeast Nebraska Swan Summit? Well, kind of, we're looking at two target audiences, and there'll be programming beneficial to both of them. Uh, really, we want to highlight opportunities uh, for advancement and for uh, swine production here in Nebraska, people that are looking to either add a swine facility or perhaps folks that are already in pork production that are looking to expand or modernize current facilities. Uh, we'll have a number of the integrators on hand that are looking to put uh, production partners here in the state. 
Uh, we'll also have uh, some of the construction companies, uh, some of the biotech companies and feed companies that will be highlighting some of their advancements in their product lines. Uh, we'll also have speakers throughout the day. We'll have Brad Lubin and, and Elliot Dennis from the University of Nebraska to give an overall update on ag economics, on the commodity markets, as well as the protein-specific markets as it will relate to pork. Uh, we'll have uh, Bill Winkleman from the National Pork Board to give an industry update. Um, and so really just a lot of great programming for both potential future swine producers as well as uh, current pork producers in the state. As there has been a bit of a downturn in the commodity side, the row crops, uh, some folks are looking at adding livestock. Is this now, I'm sure uh, you have to say as the director of livestock uh, development, this is a good time. But uh, what are you hearing from folks out in the state uh, as they're, they're looking at adding some different livestock uh, to their facilities? Well, absolutely. Anytime you can uh, diversify your balance sheet, obviously, that, that provides you some protection from downturns in, in certain markets. Um, and then if you look at, you know, the trend in the swine industry, it is the contract production. And the great thing about contract production is if, if you can work with an integrator, you can lock in a guaranteed cash flow every, every year, you know. So once again, you're, you're uh, limiting your exposure to downturns in the market. So between diversifying your balance sheet and being able to lock into a, a contract that will guarantee you a specific cash flow for that year, I think there's a lot of great opportunities in swine production as it relates to diversifying an operation. On the flip side of that, are there uh, a number of folks that uh, are looking at Nebraska as opportunity to expand their uh, hog raising through that contract growing, as you mentioned? Absolutely. You know, we're working with uh, Cactus Farms. Um, most folks are probably familiar with Cactus Feeders. Well, they've actually expanded into the swine industry as well. They've got some very aggressive growth goals in northeast Nebraska. Uh, we're working with the mash-offs, looking at opportunities in southeast Nebraska. Then we're working with a number of out-of-state companies, too, that are just kind of testing the waters here in the state, looking for interest, looking for producers that might be interested in partnering with them. Excellent information, Will. We'll hit the details again July 17th from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. up at the Northeast Community College. What else would you like to add about uh, the Northeast Nebraska Swine Summit? You know, it's, it's a great partnership. We're working with Northeast Community College and Nebraska pork producers on this. I think it's just really going to be a great event uh, to highlight some of the advancements in the industry as well as some of the expansion opportunities in, in the industry. Uh, we'll have a free lunch. We'll have some great speakers and certainly hope folks can make it out. Very good, Will. We appreciate your time. Will Keach, he's the Director of Livestock Development at the Alliance for the Future of Agriculture in Nebraska. I'm Bryce Duskett reporting on the Rural Radio Network. Dewey Nelson on the Rural Radio Network. We ended the day lower in corn and wheat, but higher in soybeans as we talk about this with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. Start off with corn here because we uh, came down on that December contract to pretty, uh, I guess, a support level, right? Yeah, I mean, we're 430 here, so 420 would be the ultimate level, but uh, 430 September, 435 on the on the uh, East contract, which is right around where we were in the middle part of last week. So I think some jitters ahead of the USDA report, and then the moving in feeder cattle really, I think, have the corn, the corn market a little bit on edge here. Um, I think there's no proof of this, but I think there's obviously some Chinese negotiations going on with hogs and live cattle, feeder cattle up like they are. So short term, the knee-jerk reaction anytime we're going to see feeder cattle move higher is going to be to sell corn. Uh, but I think it held in pretty well today. Uh, you know, I was thinking maybe we'd see that breakdown and just kiss 420. 
very quickly uh, on the front month contract before this report, but, uh, you know, a lot of good supportive factors out there. Cash out east is very pro- promising, and the, the July contract, which is still trading, it's in delivery, so you're not seeing a lot of futures trading around it, but that is now above September. So you're seeing buying on the physical side. So uh, in my opinion here, it's only a matter of time. Uh, if you are long, you got to be able to defend the position as it breaks. We could go down to 415 front month, you know, and if you're if you're overexposed and you got to get out or put money into an account to hold positions, uh, that can be a difficult place to be. So I think be prepared for some volatility ahead of the number. Um, you know, I, I personally think it's a little laughable to see the, the analysts out there talking about what they think the USDA is going to guess for this report. Uh, not really my job in my you know to, to guess that. It's, you tell me where the yield is going to be final. That's what I want to know. Uh, and that's why I would say this, this report really doesn't matter, in my opinion. Well, really, we saw some something of a little bit of a surprise when it came to that soybean rally. Yeah. So, again, kind of back to the China news. I, I think you're going to find out in the next couple of days that there have been some negotiations that have been kicked off here today. Uh, I'd imagine buying is going to take place probably livestock first. Then, then soybeans, then maybe they itch into the wheat market. But uh, wheat is the biggest enemy right now for corn. Uh, we're almost, I think we're three and a half, four cents over KC over Chicago, which uh, I only have data really going back to the early 90s, but I've never seen it this tight. So uh, if feeder cattle are going to, or I'm sorry, if the, the KC wheat markets are going to be weak, I think corn is going to be be weak or have a hard time rallying. But uh, I think it's just a little bit of a doldrums level here for wheat. We'll pick it up again once the harvest completes, and uh, uh, I'd imagine there's, there's better days better days ahead for corn as well. Thanks, John. John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. Be sure to go to their website, get a lot of more information. That's DanielsAgMarketing.com. I'm Dewey Nelson. That's going to do it for our midday program today. If you'd like to hear our midday program in its entirety, all you got to do is go to podcast at krvn.com. You can also find that on Twitter or wherever you find your favorite podcast.